Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm Cassie. I'm Chase. And uh, welcome back to Hyperfix if you're listening. Um, if you haven't listened to our first episode on Hamilton, please go do that. Um, this is our second episode, and today we're going to talk about my number one hyperfixation of all time, Taylor That's Swift. That's an understatement. <laughs> um, we're, we're, this is going to be a two-week-later reaction to Lover, Taylor Swift's seventh studio album. And although I have so much to say on the album and on her, we're just going to focus on this, try to make it as quick as possible, because I can talk for hours. Yeah, and I don't know if that's going to happen. You really think you'd be quick about yes, this? Yes, I can. I will try. Maybe one day we will uh. deep dive into every Taylor Swift album, um, but this felt necessary considering that the album just came out a couple weeks ago and it's still a hot topic as it should be and probably will be for a while. So let's start out how I think we're going to start out all of our podcasts on Hyperfix, our origin stories. So our Taylor Swift origin stories, I guess I'll go first. Again, I'm going to try to give an abridged version of this. Uh, Taylor Swift is about five years older than me, like five years and four months older than me. And when I was around 11 is when her debut album came out. And when her singles, Teardrops on My Guitar and Our Song were on the radio, um, I, I enjoyed them immensely. I really liked Teardrops on My Guitar because I too had a crush on someone named Drew who didn't like me back. So I felt that personally. But my, my number one at that time was Avril Lavigne, not Taylor. And so I just enjoyed her. I thought she was so beautiful. I referred to her as the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth. I thought she was so pretty. And then when Love Story came out before Fearless was released in 2008, I was like, okay, this is cute. And then what happened was my teacher showed us a song, Live Like You're Dying, I think it's called. Live you Like You Are Dying. Like You're Dying. No, it's, that's not how it goes at all. No, okay. It's like, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you would die. It's like all the things you would do if you were going to die. Like, what would you want to do? Anyway, by Tim McGraw. Ooh, and I. That's, that's the first line. It's like, I went skydiving oh, and I went melting okay, back So I couldn't remember the name of the song. Our teacher showed us the song. I enjoyed it. So when I went home, I went on YouTube. I searched Tim McGraw. The first thing that came up was Taylor Swift, Tim McGraw, her first single and the music video for it. And I watched it and I, for some reason, cried while watching it. And then I just kept watching it over and over. And that was around the time that Fearless, her second album, was released. So all the songs were up on YouTube. I just started listening to her songs over and over again on YouTube. And I, I guess I listened to You Belong With Me every single day, all day. And that was before it was even a single. It was just like when the album came out, I listened to it nonstop. And my dad heard me listening to it all the time. And he was like, who is this? Who's singing this? This is nice. And I was like, oh, it's Taylor Swift. And he asked, oh, would you like me to get you the album? And I was like, yeah. So he ordered me Fearless off of Amazon, and my best friend Ella lent me her first album because she had it, uh, and then the rest was history. That was December 2008. Uh, I've never been the same since. She's taken over my life. I could really go into how and why, but I will spare those details, but she has uh, completely changed me. I don't, I don't know who I'd be without her. I like love music now because of her, and I play guitar and piano and write songs because of her. I feel like a lot of my adult personality was shaped by her and her music and the role she played as a 
inspiration to me. And she continues to do that to this day. Chase, what about you? <laughs> uh, well, it's mine's definitely going to be a little different. I didn't really think much about her for a very long time. <laughs> I mean, my sisters were fans, uh, two younger sisters, uh, one's two years younger. Allie and Connie, what's up? Allie, I know you're listening to this. What's uh, good? Yeah, they liked them. I, I'm not really much of a music guy, though most of my friends are into music. Yeah, everyone in Chase's life is, yeah. is like deeply into music. His two best friends both make music and I make music, and Chase is just like, I, I like Kendrick Lamar. I'll bob my head, I'll bob my head. Um... Yeah, and then I was lucky enough to meet Cassandra here, and then Who? I, w- I would just never be the same when it comes to, to T-Swizzle. And I feel like you've enjoyed the ride, though. Uh, yeah, there's been some ups and downs. To the Wasn't ride. the reputation for completely amazing? I mean, I, en- I enjoyed the show. First stadium tour, it was a good time. Uh, but yeah, it's been mostly good. Uh, introduced me to music I wouldn't normally listen to. But there's some bops. Definitely uh, some bops. Some bops, yeah. So uh, not as not as influential here as Cass, but uh, that's that's my. I feel like story. she's played more of a part in your life than you realize. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the past over the past six years that we've now known each other. Yeah, I don't think I ever envisioned this. <laughs> I will say the good. first time when Chase and I were were just friends, mere six years ago. And I told him about the first time I met Taylor, and I was going off, and I just remember getting a glimpse of his face, and he was looking at me like, what is this girl going on about? And I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I've been going on for so long, I'll stop. And you were like, no, it's fine, it's just like really interesting to hear you talk so passionately about her, like I've never heard someone talk like that about a celebrity before. You could keep going. And I was like, okay. And I kept going. And then I haven't stopped since. No, you haven't. (laughs) (laughs) This is Chase's third Taylor Swift album release by my side. He's been through 1989, Reputation, and now Lover. So he's a veteran at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to it. Kind of just listen to it over and over again. Yeah. For a short period of time and then hear about it for a lot. But, But it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Since then, now that we're doing this podcast, yeah, Chase is still a part of this Taylor world and my Taylor world, really. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about our initial reactions to Lover, which was released on August 23rd, 2019. While we're recording this, it is September 8th, 2019, so it's been 16 days since the world was changed. Okay. Chase, why don't you give us your initial one. reactions? <laughs> Well, that was good. That was a good uh, kind of segue there. I didn't know how you were going to handle that one. Thank you. Pretty smooth. Pretty smooth. I, I feel I like like, I, there was a few bumps, uh, but... What, what was my initial reactions? Uh, I liked the album art. The, uh, <laughs> the album art? Like the photo shoot? Yeah, the album art was pretty cool. The, uh, the singles didn't really tickle my fancy. We'll so, get more into those soon. So I wasn't really sure what to expect, but uh, I mean, uh, with, with Cass here, uh, there's definitely some high expectations, and... So far, I've you know definitely some songs I'd enjoy and listen to on my free time. I'm not gonna just be running through the album, like like my co-host here, <laughs> but I'll uh, definitely definitely sneak a song on here or there. Yeah, uh, that's the but initial reactions. It was good. I definitely enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. What What about you? How 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 do you feel about it? Like your initial reaction in terms of the other two albums that you've been a part of for release, 1989 and Reputation. Okay, making me go back. Uh, you know I'm bad at this. Uh, I don't know. I think this 
this in 1989 definitely enjoyed enjoyed more than Reputation. Um, I don't know. This could be this could be Numero Uno in the in the release era for me. Oh. Yeah. Well, we'll go back. We'll get to that at the I end. Mean, I, but I yeah. can't remember the last time I listened to 1989, so I there's not much context there on that. But yeah. All so right. So far, so good. My initial reaction to Lover was. Holy shit, I was on uh, no sleep. <laughs> I went to Good Morning America the that morning. So I was up since like 3 in the morning that on um, that Thursday. Went to Good Morning America. Went straight to work after Good Morning America. And then went home. I slept for an hour in the car. My parents happened to be in the city, so they drove me home. I got ready for a wedding, went to a wedding, left the wedding early at 11.15 so I could make it back in time for midnight to listen to the album. So I was on no sleep. Um, but I'm, but my reaction is the same, fully rested as sleep deprived. And I just was like, holy shit, this is so fucking good. Whoa, whoa. Are We're we... an explicit podcast. It's okay. Oh, okay. And so, well, um, kids listening to this. well, whatever, that's their choice. Anyway, okay. so I uh, I felt very happy. Um, I kind of had like medium expectations for it. I felt okay about the singles. I never really judged too hard. I think I felt more confident than I did than going into Reputation because I really liked um, the Archer and Lover. I I enjoyed not as much as the Archer, but I liked them, and I was like, okay, I think we're safe with this one. Whereas with Reputation. I didn't like Gorgeous. I'm sorry, guys. I know it cuts like glass, but I just, I still, I still struggle to get behind it. And I did not like Ready for it. I was like, whatever. I liked Look What You Made Me Do. And Call What You Want, I liked it, but I had some reservations about it. I just wasn't sure. When I did listen to Reputation for the first time, I was like, whoa, I can't believe. I'm so happy that my expectations were so low because I love this album. But there were still songs on it, like Gorgeous and King of My Heart. Yeah, I said it. I hate King of My Heart. Deal with it. Um, that I was like, eh. But with this album, I felt like I just liked every single song. Like, every song was good. And I was like, oh my god. Like, I didn't sit through any song going, okay, whatever next I like the next one will be better like I just enjoyed every bit of it which is a great feat considering it's an 18 track album um so that was my initial reaction to it I automatically said I think to you uh I think it's a top three album was my initial my initial reaction that might have changed since um which we will get to later on top two no, no, it's gone lower. Oh, not wow. not top two. I we'll talk about that um, at the end of this podcast. So let's go through each track of Lover, and we're just gonna say our, our opinions on it, our thoughts. So the first track is "I Forgot That You Existed." A bop to start, definitely, definitely a bop. A bop to start. Okay. What are what yeah. other thoughts on it? Um, I mean, I mean, she's, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have any, good. if you don't, don't that's it. It's just a bop. Okay, my it's thoughts are that the Secret Sessioner says that this song would be like State of Grace, and that was very silly. Um, but it is a great opener. I enjoy it immensely. It's funny that it's on an album called Lover, and one of the main lines of the song is, it isn't love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. Um, so that's funny, but it definitely is a good way to clear up the kind of reputation era and that image, and it's in a fun, bubbly way. Um, but it does show you that she's not, she's over it in the sense that she's been able to move on, but she hasn't really let go. But it, it, 
it shows the moment of, okay, I'm, I'm over this in a way that I can live my life and I don't have to hold on to this anymore, but it's indifference and, you know, it was really great. It's great the moments that I don't think about you. It's just so nice and so peaceful and quiet. Um, and I feel like that's something everyone can really relate to, like when you stop thinking about someone that pisses you off. I don't know. Twitter should try that more. I feel like it would be a happier website. All right, number says, two. Says the person who just keeps going on Twitter. And but I don't talk about herself. people that I hate on Twitter. Yeah, but okay. I guess so. Exactly. Twitter's just bad. Yeah, you because people just don't forget about the the people. They don't forget yeah. about the existence okay. of people they hate. We should have a list of the tracks because I don't remember. Well, I'm either. saying them off the top of my head. I know them. Okay. Okay. Number two is um, "Cruel Summer." Chase, why don't you go first? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean the chorus is good. I knew you would like it. Yeah, you did. On Chase's notes, when Chase, Chase took notes the first time he listened to the album, and next to Cruel Summer, he wrote, Cass likes. He just knew. I didn't tell him. I didn't give him any indication of what songs were my favorite uh, or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, the more I've listened to it so far, I definitely enjoy it, and I can see why it's kind of uh, one of the, the songs that's risen to the top of people's lists for the album. And it's it maybe probably risen higher on my list. Yeah. So a good song. Uh, yeah. I think you have more thoughts. Than a I good do. song is an understatement. It is an all-timer, a classic. Where are the Grammys? Why didn't she release this in the summer as a single so it could be eligible for a Grammy this year? She's stupid. Tree pain. Hello, what are you guys doing? Um, I no, think this is in charge of deciding who does her singles. It's and she of, she is, I and, believe. What is she thinking? I don't know, Taylor. If you're listening to this, I love you. Um, but also, why wasn't Cruel Summer a single? I get why you need to calm down, which we'll talk about soon, but I get why that was, like, the summer release because of Pride Month, etc., etc. Um, and I guess Me was released in the spring, so maybe it wouldn't have made sense to do Cruel Summer. But, I don't know, Cruel Summer, why was that not a summer single? Is she waiting until next summer for that to be, like, the last single of the era? We just don't know. Um, but I find it to be one of her best songs of all time. Definitely in my top ten. Five. Um, I don't know. That's too much pressure. I need more Top time. Seven. Mm, yeah. Six. No, no, we can't do that. So. Well, it's seven. I, I just six. think. Okay, let me talk about the song. The production is unreal. <laughs> Jack Antonoff. Shut up, Chase. <laughs> Jack Antonoff. I love you, and I know people in this fandom have this this problem of feeling like people give Jack the credit for a good song over Taylor, and that's not what I'm doing at all. Um, I know Taylor is, you know, the leader in all of this all of her artistic endeavors and Jack is kind of like the assistant in a way, which he's admitted to. Um, but when we talk about songs and I'll talk about this more as we go through each song, Jack produced 11 songs on this album with Taylor. And I feel like those songs are the best produced, um, especially in comparison to other ones by the other producers and cruel summer in particular is by far the best produced song on this album. Just every time you listen to it, I just hear different things and it, if you're not paying attention, you might not even realize why you're enjoying it so much. And I feel like the production is such a big reason behind that because it just keeps the song so interesting the whole time. Lyrics are obviously incredible. I don't know why she's talking about a vending machine. I need to know. I won't rest until I know, but she's talking about one. And it just tells a story. You really feel like you're part of it. There's so much to dissect, like really get into what it, what does she mean? What was happening in this situation? Obviously, all these songs are about Joe her current boyfriend of Beyonce. almost three years yeah question mark are they married we don't know but yeah it's just 
everything about it, the vocals, the lyrics, the beat, the production, I become feral, a feral animal every time I listen to it. It's just out-of-the-body experience, and... A rabied feral, feral <laughs> Yes, I just, it just t- completely takes over me. Um, I just, I feel like if this isn't in your top five, what are you doing? All right, next. I That was the most composed I could be over the song. <laughs> I'll be better on the next one's Lover. It's track Lover. three. Lover, you know, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good? I don't know. It's like a, it's a, you know, you could get a tear to your eye. Aww. I, guess. I guess if that was that how you, how you, mm-hmm. your prerogative, but yeah. My thoughts on Lover <laughs> are that. Like this is going to be a continued theme. It's me saying like Tuesday. Well, that's okay. You're, you're giving like a casual listener's perspective okay. versus well, a diehard. Like crazy person's Exactly. Um. Lover, I feel like, and I wrote about this, by the way, in my track-by-track breakdown on my music Tumblr, which is tilldontneedfantasy.tumblr.com, till with two L's. Um, that's a lyric from Hard Feelings by Lord. Um, but I wrote a track-by-track breakdown on this album, so please read that if you haven't. It's over 4,000 words, so only read it if you have nothing better to do. But I wrote about this for Lover, the song, I Enjoy Lover. Um, it's not my, a favorite of mine or anything, but it is a very beautiful love song, and it's so much better than every other, like, love anthem that we've had over past years. The two I'm thinking of are Ed Sheeran's songs, Thinking Out Loud and Perfect. Um, it's the one with the video when he's in a cabin. Yeah, I think so. Snow. Yes, yes, yes. It's a good cabin, though. <laughs> I'd spend a weekend there. Okay. So, I mean, she's got to really wow me with the video. You didn't see the video yet? The video's oh, out. Oh, okay. I did see the video with the house. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Uh, well, each each so section good. of the house, well, you well, you wouldn't understand it. So, for those who haven't seen the Lover music video, each section of the house is a different color. It represents a different era or a different album era of her career. Oh, okay. And yeah. so, if you really pay attention to that, each section makes sense. Like, when they're in the red zone... They're, like, fighting because she's jealous, and that's, like, a lot of what the album Red was about was heartbreak, and mm. Jake Gyllenhaal supposedly cheated on her. Um, in, the, in, the, in the 1989 portion, there's a fishbowl, and, like, he dives in with her, and it's, like, because her life was, like, a fishbowl during the 1989 era. Like, everything she did was being, she was being watched. Okay. Um, okay. So, but the song Lover, I just feel like, is a much better... Stop knocking on the desk. I feel Lover is such a better um, representation of what love really feels like rather than thinking out loud and perfect. I personally believe that women are much better at articulating their feelings of love than men. And when it's men, it's usually just like, oh, she's so beautiful and oh, oh her dress. And I mean, I'm sure if I if I research, I could find multiple tutors of examples. That's incorrect. I'm saying what I've heard, what I feel okay. like has been popular okay. over the past however many years, like 10 years. And I feel like Lover is a really good example of a female-written version of those kind of love songs that society idealizes. And although I do think many people, especially Taylor Swift fans, will use this as like a first dance song and everything, I just, even though they're being, it's being pushed as the current single, um, I just can't see it being as popular as Thinking Out Loud and as perfect, um, which is unfortunate. And, um, Again, it's because she is not a man, which takes us oh. to track four, The Man. False. It's not false. It's true. The Man. Number okay. track four. Chase. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the one I enjoyed the most on first listen. It's just, it really, it really slaps. And uh, 
It slaps. You you can definitely there's some truth to the words. There is a lot. I'm pretty happy I'm a man. <laughs> it definitely helps. It definitely helps. Um yeah, definitely helps. Don't but yeah, be a woman. Yeah. Um, God hates women, I guess. God so does I mean. hate women, that is the truth. Um yeah, the yeah. man is I love it personally. Um it is a bop. It slaps as you said. She made some she made many points. The Leo and Sancho pay line just gets me every time. I just like laugh every time. Imagine like if that was a single and I think it should be a single in the future. If that was a single and Leo like is fucking his 22-year-old girlfriend and the song is like on the radio and he all of a sudden is like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." What? He's definitely heard it. You think so? Yeah. What do you think he thinks? He's like, yeah, I, I do Word. want to stand for <laughs> and I have a great time, and I have nothing wrong with that. I'm really glad she she did that. She didn't have to do it, but she did it for all of us, and on, I'm I'm just very grateful. Um, but yeah, the the song is obviously true. I I think people are wary for it to be a single, and I understand this because the criticism that Taylor has received for many many years about her like white feminism, um, and I get that. At the same time, it's like a pop song. She is white, so I don't know how else she would kind of get into the other aspects of it, like the racial aspects of it. Um, But at the surface level, it's just true no matter what. Like, women have to run as fast as they can, and they just don't get there as quick as they would if they were a man. And that's just the truth. And uh, hearing Taylor Swift say bitch twice in like a 15-second span... Um, yeah, it's really invigorating hearing her say bitch twice. Okay. 30 seconds What's next? What's next? Next is The Archer, which was released before this, before the album was on a random Thursday as a track five gift to the fandom. Meh. You've never hated yourself, so you can't possibly understand. The Archer, let me, let me speak to all my Swifties oh, okay. out there. Well, you gotta really move the mic. Yes, yes, I, this is an important message okay. to my relax fellow Swifties. Relax the relax This is an important message to my fellow Swifties. Had Taylor not released The Archer as a pre-release, you guys would not be ranking it so low now. And listen to me carefully, <laughs> and listen to me closely. Yo. The Archer is a top five song on this album. And if you can't understand that, then you're probably lucky because you probably don't hate yourself. But okay. I think okay. it is cool. I think cool. it is one of I cool. think it wait I think it deserves the track five title. I see all of you out there being like, no, it doesn't. It does. I understand why we feel like Cornelia Street might, or maybe I think I feel like people have said um Death by a Thousand Cuts. But the archer deserves that spot. She, Taylor has described track five as the vulnerable tracks not as much as the sad tracks think of like i don't know dear john the best track five of all time the best taylor song of all time the best song of all time yeah that song is sad but it's like more empowering than anything if it was just based on sadness last kiss would be track five but it's track 13 so i think it deserves the vulnerable space on this track list um, it is, I think, some of her best lyrical work. She has me fucking crying over Humpty Dumpty. It's, you know, it's just very powerful. Um, the, the transition between they see right through me, can you see right through me, I see right through me. Oh man, it just guts me every single time. And to really think about, you know, being able to see through your own personas and the own act you put on for other people and the different masks you put on, um... 
it's just a very, I'm getting very emotional talking about it. I think it's just a great song and really shows her fears and shows the way she sees herself and, you know, that she's able to acknowledge that she has been both the archer and the prey, the range. Um, but being able to acknowledge that, people have always kind of given her shit that she can't take that responsibility, um, but she does. And so the next track is I Think He Knows. What do we think about that one, Chase? I don't really remember that song. We were singing it all day yesterday. How did they go? The 16th Avenue song. What song? Can you just sing a piece of it? You I got am... my heart beating. But I know the thing I'm Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I wrote that was sassy. <laughs> yeah, you wrote sassy bop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets your head bopping. It does. Um, and banging. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get much complexity out of me here in terms of what the lyrics <laughs> mean. No, you don't. It's fine. You're just giving a casual listener's perspective. Okay. Um, I enjoy I Think He Knows a lot. Sessioners who said that it was, like, bad or that it was, like, What's neat. a sessioner, Cassie, for our non-sessioner? Oh, I'm no sorry. One. So anyone who who's listening to this who isn't a Taylor Swift stan, first of all, I condemn you for listening to this. Thank you very much. Um... Did I say condemn? I meant commend, yeah, right? Yeah, you said condemn. I meant I commend. I commend. No, I commend you. Thank you very much for taking your time. Um, but a sessioner is someone who was invited um, before the album was released to one of Taylor Swift's many homes to listen to the album um, in the privacy of her home. And How many homes does she have? She has like five. I have zero. <laughs> we'll get there one day. Um, so, so to one of her many homes to listen to the album in the living room before it's released. So they aren't allowed to say much, but you know, they do anyway. And a lot of people said that I think he knows wasn't good or was like another version of me. And I was like, what? And I remember listening to the song the first time. I was like, holy shit, what the hell were they talking about? This one goes off. Um, just a fun bop. The lyrics are still like good. Like it's just, it makes me laugh. So every time I hear the lyric, like, um, I think he knows his hands around a cold glass make me want to know that body like it's mine. I'm like, oh my god, she wants to fuck him so bad. Like, imagine just looking at someone holding a glass, and you're like, holy shit, I gotta fuck this guy. Oh, his pinky was definitely up. Because <laughs> he's British? Well, yeah, no, that's just a sexy holding of a glass look. Really? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Well, Maybe you should try it. Here, wait, you got a water? Let's yeah, I have my water right here. Does this get you going? <laughs> no. <laughs> Your pinkies are too long and oh, skinny and Because okay. I have Voldemort fingers. Okay. Anyway, okay. Yeah. that's, yeah, my thoughts on anything, you know, is a f- just a fun, there's nothing to it, it's just mad fun. What's and she's one? getting some ass, good for her. The next song is Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Is that the political one? Yes. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, yeah, finally speaking out. It took her, took her a while, but she's fine in her voice. Mm-hmm. The song, I guess, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not too subliminal. You don't think it's too subliminal? No, it's, it's like it's not. It's pretty easy to understand if you were to listen to it without any context. Mm-hmm. I feel like yes and no. I feel like I've seen a lot of reactions to the album where people have not picked up on that. Um, well, we got some dumbos. Yeah, that's true. Not everyone's as intellectual as us, clearly. <laughs> okay, no, um, no I'm kidding. That. I think if I didn't know that that was coming, I would, I would have to sit and think about it. Like, what, what is she talking about in this song? Um, yeah, I, 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 the reason I think of Miss Americana um, is so cool is because she takes the idea of high school and basically says our political system is like high school. Um, and that's very true. 
I think she does a really good job at doing that and it's not in as in your face as let's say you need to calm down which I don't have a problem with but some people do and it's not as in your face like let's this is what I have to say it's more you know poetic and subtle and I feel like that shows more seriousness um, and commitment to what you're talking about Um, because you really had to put thought into what you're saying and make it this like eloquent beautiful metaphor I think it's so cool I love the okay chant I don't know why the the go fight win ones bother me a little more I don't know what it is but I get what she did it was great um I love I think the second verse is incredible um she sees the high fives between the bad guys and boys will be boys where are the wise men darling I'm scared you know um those get me and I also think the production on it is really great uh, this is a Joel Little production um, as was the man, I think those are the better to produced as opposed to his other ones that he produced, which are You Need to Calm Down and Me. I think the man and Miss Americana are really well produced. Um, Miss Americana is just like an interesting song, not just because of the context, but it doesn't really sound like it would be a Taylor song. Um, but she pulls it off, I think. All right, next is Paper Rings. Chase. This, this was... Uh... Sounded kind of rocky to me, like a little alternative rock, kind of pop rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that vibe. Yeah. A little different from all the other songs up to mm-hmm. that point. It was fun. It was a good fun song. Yeah, mad fun. First song I had listening to it, and I think a lot of people I listened to it was like, is this Grease? Really feels like Grease. Not just because she's saying like, you're the one I want, but it just like has that those like fun pop musical vibes. I feel like it's made for a musical. Rom-com ready, let's go. Who, Who makes rom-coms anymore? What do you mean? There are rom-coms all the time now. They've really? researched. On Netflix? On Netflix and in theaters. Didn't we Didn't we see that one together? Um, the one with uh, Rebel Wilson. Didn't we see that together? With no. Liam Hemsworth? Then who did I see that with? Did we see that one? I think so. Well, that wasn't that good a movie. Isn't it romantic? That's what it was yeah, called. Yeah, we saw that. Okay. okay. Well, regardless. Yeah, pop... Pop this on a on a rom com. Music supervisors, if you're listening, put this on a rom com. Okay. And uh, yeah, I love this song. I, honestly, at first, it wasn't one of my favorites. Um, like I liked it, but it was it didn't seem as high to me on other people's lists. I've seen like a weird schism in the fandom where I feel like half of the people are saying, "Oh, it's no one's favorite," and the other half of the people, I feel like everyone's saying it's their favorite. Um, it has definitely risen up my ranking for me. I don't want to give a definitive ranking of the tracks because I feel like it just continues to change. Um, but Paper Rings has definitely gone up to the top five for me. Um, it's just so fun. It's just so cool the way she goes, like, the moon was high, like, your friends, and then the, the wine is cold, like, the shoulder, like, even in the street, and then, the you know, the, the pool makes her blue, which takes her back to the color they painted the brother's wall. Um, I love the sigh that she gives in the second time where she does the, like, kiss you once because I know I had a long night. And I love the way she, that, that part of the song, the pre-chorus, I love the way she sings out, like, the way she inflects her words. Jack's one, two, one, two, three, four. Uh, it's just incredible. I love that song. It's just mad fun. And if you don't know how to have fun, then you probably don't like this song, and then that's sad for you. Okay, next is... Oh, people. I am. What's next? I Cornelia Street. <sighs> Yeah, I got nothing on this one. <laughs> Chase isn't in touch with his emotions. Um, Cornelia Street <laughs> is absolutely beautiful song. It is about... I oh, feel yeah, like Chase, you don't even one, know what it's about. This is the one where she'd be really sad if they broke up and yes. then she couldn't go to the place anymore. Right, she would never walk Cornelia Street again. 
That's, that's the that's kind a of cool heartbreak that name of a street to live on. She she rented an apartment there on two, in 2016, in New York City. In New York City. Mm-hmm. I thought it was in London. Nope. This is in New York City. Where's Cornelia Street in New York City? It's in like Tribeca downtown, near her original apartment. Why? Why did she buy it? Buy an apartment? She has no money. She has this apartment that she, she it was being renovated, so she rented a par- place on Cornelia Street. Oh, and that's where he met her. I was he's London. No, he's he didn't British. meet her there. It's like they were already talking and like getting to know each other and like hooking up and she and so they started spending time together at her place on Cornelia Street. Oh. So that's where like all the memories of like Cruel Summer, you know, like if you connect those two songs, they're kind of like sister songs in a way. Oh. Like the beginnings of their relationship. She says, I thought you were leading me on. I packed my bags. Like, you know, not sure how serious they were, but then he showed his hand and she turned around before she hit the tunnel. <laughs> and so she's pretty close to the tunnel. So he probably realized pretty quick. Um, but yeah, it just, it shows how much she loves him and she feels like she would never be able to recover from this heartbreak, which is really sad when you think about 15 from Fearless. And there's a line, I found, I found time can heal most anything. Not and this, this heartbreak is the this. is the one thing excluded not from that. This. It's very sad. Um, you can just tell how much she loves him and the way she like, the, the just like the pain in her voice when she's just like hypothetically talking about losing him is just so sad. Um, I think her falsetto in the second part of the chorus is just like beautiful. I love that part, and I think the production on the song, which was also by Jack, I think the production is so gorgeous. I mean, like really makes the story flow so beautifully um one of my favorites for sure i love that song um and it feels very true to like taylor's songwriting and her storytelling it's just a classic taylor song it could be it could have been on any album you know that you just know this is a taylor swift song okay next how many have we done so far nine we're halfway done (laughs) next is number 10 which is death by a thousand cuts death by a thousand cuts that was beautiful uh was this one sad? This one was It's sad. like sad but fun at the same time. Yeah, this is a good song. I liked it. All right, that's it. <laughs> um, I really like Death by a Thousand Cuts a lot. Um, great production. Um, I, I feel like it's like two songs in one. Um, I love that I asked the traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. Um, mental break. Girls who have mental breakdowns in cars. What up? And, um, OG. And I, I just, I love the... The second part of the song, the like, the my, my, my. Like, I love how at the beginning of the song, you hear the my, 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 and you don't know why. And then it comes back with the like, my time, my one, my spirit, my trust. Like, you hear it in the back echoing. Uh, it's just so, that part is just so good. You're just like, I feel like, wow. It's intense. It's great. Hmm. Um, that, that piano that comes in in the chorus when she's like, it's death by a thousand. Hmm. Like, it's okay when it's not. And then the piano comes in and it's just like, it's like chaotic in a way, but it's just really beautiful. Um, great song. Inspired by a movie that was inspired by Clean. So that's pretty great. It's inspired from... by a song inspired by a podcast. Inspired by a <laughs> short video on YouTube. Exactly. Inspired by... Real time life events. I feel like I need to watch someone great now. I haven't watched it now. I feel like I just Wait, have to watch it. The song was actually inspired by this movie. So the song was inspired by this movie on Netflix called Someone Great, which was released in April. So this is a late edition song. This is the last song she recorded because she had said the album was done before that. Oh, okay. And um, I haven't seen the movie, so I have to now. 
Um, but the director said that the mo- the movie she was inspired to write the the writer and the director was inspired to write it based on the song Clean from 1989, which is my favorite song from that album, one of my favorite Taylor songs of all time. Yeah. Um. So it's just like crazy this cycle of inspiration that these two women like have on each other is really cool. All right, next is London Boy, a controversial track. Chase, you want to give your take? I checked out when I listened to the song. Why? I don't know. It just really didn't do it for me. It didn't hold my attention. London boy. That was beautiful. Really didn't do it for me. Okay. Um, London boy is. um, She's happy. He's British. Yeah. She's living the dream. That's the whole point of the song. He's British and it's dope. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's really it. Yeah, London Boy. You you can't defend it. Can you listen? Can you wait for me to say it? Okay. Uh, London Boy is at the lower portion of my list, but I very much enjoy it. It should be. (laughs) Wow. London Boy stands attack chase on Twitter. Um, I. Really enjoy it though. I just think it's like super fun. You can tell how happy she is. I love like the rhyme rhyming that she does. Like you can find me in the pub. We are watching rugby. Like it's just I don't know. She actually knows. She no way she knows the rules to rugby. I don't know. She spends a lot of time in London, so she might. I I just think she's like sipping sipping a like a. What, a mojito in the back while, while they're watching rugby and she's Listen, like, yeah. her drink is an old fashioned. Oh wow, good choices. I'd like it. I like this one. <laughs> but um What kind yeah, of whiskey do you think she uses? Is it whiskey or oh now I now I look like a I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about either. Um I don't know. But okay, wh- she likes old fashioned. Anyway, I was just gonna say I feel like when I listen to it, I'm like, this song is so dumb, because, like, it's just silly, it's like, darling, I fancy you, and, like, just, like, all her, like, cute British slang, like, that's what I would say in 11th grade when I was really into Harry Potter fan fiction. Um, do, you, do you think she says aluminium now, that she's dating a... I don't know. <laughs> do you think she calls the trunk a boot? <laughs> Maybe. I'm curious. But she, I mean, she... I hope she says aluminium, because it's so much better than aluminum. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's that's my take. That's all I got. Well, yeah, it's just a fun... But I'm always like, this is so stupid, but I always, like, thoroughly enjoy myself. Like, I'm always having the time of my life while I listen to it. Um, And I can't say that for Gorgeous and King of My Heart. I'm sorry, guys. But (laughs) I I do like the song, but it's at the bottom. All right, next is Soon You'll Get Better, featuring the Dixie Chicks. Tears. 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 It's really sad. Yeah. If you really think about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's clearly... uh, you know, putting that putting that sadness on on display. For those of you who haven't listened to the song, if any of you haven't listened and you're listening to this, um, it's a song about her mother Andrea's cancer and her relapse of cancer. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because it makes me really emotional. All I'm gonna say is it's a beautiful song. I can't like put it in a ranking because um, I just it makes me sad. And uh, my favorite line is uh. I'll paint the kitchen neon. I'll brighten up the sky. I know I'll never get it. There's not a day that I won't try. I think that's one of her... I think that's one of the most beautiful lyrics she's ever written. And I'm about to cry. So next song is False God. Chase? False God. Good song. (laughs) (laughs) What did you write in your notes about it? You wrote like... I don't know. You also wrote... You also wrote Cass Likes next to that one. Oh, a saxophone. You hit me with a saxophone and I get... I melt. Exactly. I love the sax. <laughs> Alto sax specifically. 
I do enjoy the other saxophones. Anything brass. Just just give it to me. Yeah. Give me that give me them brass. Chase loves jazz. Jazz me up, baby. He has like jazz tapes in his car. Well, I don't listen to those, but yeah. <laughs> but you listen to the jazz station sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who doesn't like some nice jazz? Some people, because some people have false god at the bottom of their list, and you guys are sinners. You are sinners. Whoa, whoa, Fa- stop calling people out. No, people I will. to have their own opinions. No, they're not. People are allowed <laughs> to think how they want to think. But thinking false god is bad is just like having a lack of taste and intelligence. Well, see, now that's just attacking several <laughs> people. Good. They deserve it. Anyway, false uh, god, a great song. I, the saxophone just gets me every time. I think it's... If it, she sounds so nice singing it. It's so great in her range. Um, I really like the way she like trips over her words in the pre-chorus. Just a great song. I feel like it's very relatable, and I love it. The only thing missing from it, it... It was higher on my list. It's kind of gone down a few spots. I think just because there's not as much... like um, there's, not, there's no bridge, and there's just not as much... Like change within it it's pretty consistent but i really i still really like it a lot i love that song um next is you need to calm down which was the second single you need to calm down yeah yeah what are your thoughts oh uh yeah. okay yeah uh, you calm down Cass. you could probably use you could probably calm down i do tell that. myself sometimes you need to calm down you that definitely, mp3 you definitely what's with the dot mp3 it's a joke is it like a Twitter? Is it like a Tumblr joke? Well, no, it's just like if you're saying something and it's also a song or like a picture, you can't play the song, so you say .mp3, like, insert this song here. Okay. I kind of get it. Okay. Okay, what are your thoughts? I, like, I, got no, I don't got much I love You Need to Calm Down. Um, I, I really enjoyed it when I first heard it. I was, I liked it much better than me. Um, I think it's super fun. I think people are um, a little too pressed, and <laughs> it's just fun. It's just really enjoyable. Um, it puts me in a good mood, and I feel like she made several points. <sighs> Sorry, I'm yawning. It's okay. This is poor. And um, okay. that's that's really all I have to say about that one. The next one is Afterglow. This song was better the second time I listened to it. Really? Yeah. Why didn't you like it as much the first time? I don't know. It was my first time listening, and I kind of was... Uh, I was petering out near the end, mm-hmm. but like when I, you played this in the car recently, I definitely liked it more. Okay, good. So my thoughts on Afterglow are I really like the song a lot. Um, it's also pretty high on my list, but it it has dropped down recently, and this is why. Well, let me t- talk about why I like it first. I think it's a really beautiful song. I think we get to see a side of Taylor that we don't often get to see, where she's really like taking responsibility and fighting for her relationship. Um, I feel like I can really relate to blowing things out of proportion, overdramatic queens, and um, just the way, I just think it's a really, it's a really great song, the lyrics are really good, I love the part where she's like, I lived like an island, punished you with silence, went off like sirens just crying, um, and I really also like the line, I think my favorite line is, um, this ultraviolet morning light blow tells me this love is worth the fight, um, it's just a, be- it's a beautiful song, but the reason it's just dropped down a little bit on my list is because... I realize that, like, the production is just consistent throughout, and there's, there's nothing changes, it's not dynamic, it just changes, and in the last chorus, I'm, like, waiting for something to change, or, like, some big moment, even just, like, more backup vocals that are maybe different, or a holder, longer note hold, I don't know, it just doesn't come, and I've noticed that 
the producers for Afterglow are um, Adam Feeney and Louis Bell, and they also produced um, I Forgot That You Existed and It's Nice to Have a Friend, which we'll get to momentarily. And I really like those three tracks a lot. The thing about all of those is that the track, the production is completely consistent throughout. It's like they put one part of the song just on a loop. Um, and that just makes the song less interesting, like lowers its replay value. Like I said, like Cruel Summer is just like a constant like roller coaster of production. And after low, it just maintains it. So by the end, I'm like, I'm not, my interest isn't as he- much held as it was in the beginning. But I do like the song um, a lot. I think had the production been more dynamic, especially towards the end, it would be like really, really high up on my list. Okay. Ooh, can I introduce the next song? Yeah. Do you know the next one? Me. Yes. Exclamation point. Me, all caps, exclamation okay. point. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the next one. No! That's how you're going to introduce it? Yeah. No, I, I have thoughts! Cass, let's move on to the No, I, I just want to say about me. Yes, it is the worst song on the album. By yes, far. it shouldn't have been a single. <laughs> I still why enjoy it. Why is it on the album? I don't know, but... I, well, well, why it's on the album is because it makes sense in in context of False God and, and Afterglow, right? Because in False God, they're saying, like, oh, we're fighting, we're trying to make this work. Afterglow, she's apologizing for blowing things up, like, when she shouldn't have. Yeah. And then in me, she's saying, like, I know I know that I'm a handful, like, I know I'm all these things, um, but you're never gonna find, you're never gonna find someone else like me, and I'm never gonna find someone else like you. And, like, we're great people, like, special individuals, especially together. Like, okay. our love is special. So it makes sense in the context of the album. I think it's a good part of the story that she's telling. It's a little much. But I will defend, hey, kids, spelling is fun. Until I die, she should not have removed it. I'm very upset every time I listen to it on Spotify. And I've been listening to it on Spotify rather than on my iTunes where I bought it. Because I'm trying to get her those streams. And every time it's not there, I just get so sad. She shouldn't have listened to the haters. She should have just let them hate. And she should have just... Sh- been like i'm just gonna shake 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 it off and you know what spelling is fun and she's right you literally can't spell awesome without me and that's that okay that's what i have to say okay thank you that's enough on me all right next is it's nice to have a friend you like this one i do like this one it's a good song (laughs) middle of the pack for me all right i i love this song it is pretty high up on my list i think higher than a lot of people um I, I really like the simplicity of it. Sometimes you just, like, need a simple song like that. I also feel like as a songwriter, I've written a lot of songs that kind of are similar to that structure. I enjoy that structure. I think it's really beautiful. It's great that she used the music sample from, like, that school in Toronto. That's so cool. I really, I love the music in it. I love the part with the horn. Oh, that's beautiful. And then, like, that chime right before the last verse. Um... I just like the simplicity of it so much. I think some of the best love songs are sim- simple. And although it's called It's Nice to Have a Friend, even though that's true, it's really a, a love story. Um, the parallel between the first verse and the last verse of, you know, um, school bell rings, walk me home, sidewalk sidewalk chalk covered in snow versus church bells ring, carry me home, rice on the ground looks like snow because you throw rice at a wedding. And it's just a beautiful parallel. And to me, like, being in love is just having a best friend for life. Um, I feel like I really relate to this song. And it's, I just think it's a good way to have a love song. A song like Lover, which I think is good. Like, for me, those kind of songs, I'm not really, like, such a cheesy person like that. And It's Nice to Have a Friend is, like, the perfect amount. That's the one that, like, makes me most emotional um, about this idiot sitting next to me. Because <laughs> um, that's just, like, for me, like, love is, like, you just have a best friend forever. 
Um, and I just really appreciate that song, and I love it so much. All right, next is Daylight. The last track on the album, the longest track written alone by Taylor, one of the three songs yeah. written by herself. I just think of the FIFA song from FIFA 2007. <laughs> right. I hate you. In the daylight, I don't pick up my phone. All right, what about this daylight? I like that song from FIFA better. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I love Daylight. I mean, it's good, but the FIFA song is better. I love Daylight. I think that it's super beautiful. I'm not crazy about the the tune of the verses. Um, I don't know. I don't like them that much, but I love the chorus. The bridge. Oh, my God. I literally, like, want to cry Every single time I hear the, like, I once believed love would be burning red, but it's golden like daylight. For those of you who don't know, in the prologue for Taylor Swift's fourth album, Red, she said that real love shines golden like starlight, um, and maybe if she'll write a whole album about that kind of love, she ever finds it. And she did, but it's not starlight. It's stronger than that. It's daylight. And she compares Joe to to the daylight after 20 years of darkness is just so beautiful i i'm very emotional the line that um with the i don't want to look at anything else now that i saw you i can never look away is just like so beautiful to me i'm literally getting choked up right now i love that song um very strong lyrically it's just beautiful i love that tie back to red and i feel like a lot of ways lover is like a sister album to red it's really long there's a lot going on it's not as sonically cohesive quote unquote as 1989 and reputation um it's kind of an all over the place album and i really like that red is my second favorite taylor album um so i just i really loved it and i'm just so happy for her I'm like really sad. I have tears in my eyes. I'm really happy for her. I'm just so happy that Taylor's happy. And I feel like anyone who's been a fan of her for so long, even not so long, but like we've been, I've been on this journey with her for 10 and a half years, almost 11 years now. And just to see her like really be so happy and be with someone for this long. And you can tell how confident she is in their relationship. And I'm just very happy for her. I feel like I've had to see her go through so much. So I'm oh, very happy. I'm literally crying. Anyway, no, it's okay. Let's get, okay. Let's, get to, let's get to our top three. Let's okay, bang, our let's top three. Chase, these. you go through first. You know, let's bang those. is it the same as what you had originally put? I don't think uh, so. I don't think so. Oh, now I gotta look at this. Oh God. Uh, 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 Do you want me to go and you can think about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go All right, on. my top three. Number one, Cruel Summer by far. Okay, number two. <sighs> okay, my number two and my number three are tied though, so that's the problem. Oh, you have to pick pick one right now okay. on the podcast. Okay, number two. At this current point in time, on September 8th, 2.59 p.m., my number two is The Archer. I just feel like out of everything Taylor's ever released, The Archer for me is one of the songs that I can relate to more than anything else she's ever put out. Um, I love the self-hatred song, Liability by Lord, Where You At? And um, (laughs) I just really relate to that song. It really gets me. I love a song about, like, I love when a song is about the person like themselves like reflecting on themselves but it's still about love you know like she's like like can you see right through me like you could stay etc etc um i think that is one of her most relatable songs ever 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 um i think number three is cornelia street i don't know how secure that spot is i really like cornelia street i can see it going down and being replaced by something else like paper rings just keeps pushing her way up there i think paper rings right now is like number four she just keeps pushing up so paper rings could be number three i think right now it's cornelia street we'll see in a couple weeks my my 
my ranking has really been changing a lot, except like Cruel Summer is number one and me is number 18. Those are the secure places. <laughs> All right. What do you think, Chase? Uh, I think I got the man numero uno. I, and you'll see there'll be a, a team throughout my list. It's usually bops. <laughs> and then Forgot You Existed, number two. Really? You're keeping that? Uh, yeah. I really like the way it, it opens up. I, I don't have enough time to really think everything here. It's okay. Uh, and then I like False Gods for number three. Nice. False God. False Gods. God. Gods. Why do you keep saying it like that? It's all right. Uh, that's my top three. All um, right. That's a good top what, three. How are we going to end this? So we're going to end this by saying what we think. Obviously, Chase, you probably might not have a thought on this at all. Wait, I'll go first then. Okay. It, what? How we feel this falls in Taylor's discography in terms of like quality, like where... Is it her best album? Is it her worst album? Is it somewhere in the middle? What do you think? I mean, Chase, also disclaimer, Chase, like, I don't know if you've ever listened in completely to Fearless, which is insane. I think we need to make you do that soon. But, or debut, really. So, I mean, you obviously okay. don't have a season of an opinion on this, but from what you do those, know, from what you know. Well, Cassandra, oh my God. I believe this album is definitely at the top. Mm-hmm. It's not her worst. It's not her best. What would you say is her best then? Nineteen eighty nine. Oh my god, you're quote it local. <laughs> quote me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's good. I, you're gonna you just talk about this because I'm useless at this point. All right. It, okay. I'll just um, sit. I'll I'll sit back and relax while you. Talk I'm not gonna go too into minutes. this. No, I'm really just gonna say quickly. Um, like I said, my first initial reaction was I was like, it has to be a top three. I knew it would not overtake Fearless, which is my number one. Um, one because it's her best album. I'm sorry. And two, even if it wasn't her best album. It's the album that, like, that I became a fan a couple weeks after it was released. So, like, Fearless, the Fearless era is really important to me. Fearless, like, the album, like, it literally saved my life. It changed my life. Um, it's, like, my comfort album. I just, like, go back to it. It makes me so happy. Like, if I'm really anxious and I listen to it, I calm down. It's, um, I just think it's a perfect album. I don't think anything can be Fearless for me. Um, so I wasn't sure if it would be Red. I think after much consideration, I... The emotional attachment to the songs I have on Red, such as Treacherous, All Too Well, obviously, Holy Ground and State of Grace, all those are in my top six Taylor songs ever, which is why it's hard for me to know where Cruel Summer lands. Um, but those are all like some of my all-time favorite Taylor songs. I feel very emotionally attached to them. I feel very emotionally attached to that album that came out my senior year of high school. I just remember listening to it like really sad about a guy and just like the state of my life and I just love that album so much I know there are some haters of it out there but I haters gonna hate exactly um I just think it's a it's a fantastic album and um I think in retrospect Taylor agrees I think she was like very bitter about it losing album of the year and then she made 1989 with the intention of that to win, and it did. Um, but I feel like she sees how important songs on Red are to the fans, like Holy Ground and All Too Well, and she's really giving them attention. And also has, like, secret songs on the Reputation Tour. She did a lot from Red. And I just think it's a very important chapter of her career. Like, a, the turning point, really, before 1989, like, blew her up. But Red was the, the turning point, the, her, her beginning her transition into like, country sweetheart to, like, the biggest pop star ever. Um, I love Red very much. So right now, Lover is vying it out 
between 1989 and Speak Now for either place three, four, or five. Reputation is number six. Debut is number seven. They're just locked in there. I love them both dearly. Um, but they're locked in there. And I've always had trouble when I do my ranking between Speak Now and 1989. Like, which one was number three before Lover came in. And I feel like it was always 1989. Um... But I just, I obviously love Speak Now as well. It's a very special album, and it's written just by Taylor. I feel like when you consider that about Speak Now, it should be higher, um, just because of, like, the amazement of that achievement. But I don't know. It's fight Lovers currently fighting between those two. I have a feeling it's going to be number four, that 1989 will remain number three, Lover will be number four, and that speak now will be number five even though I feel like that's like a crime to, for it to be that low I think it'll be number four I think it has the possibility to be number three and to overtake 1989 I think it's possible um but I need more time with it I feel like I need like a year with a Taylor album to really know where it lands on my ranking um but I definitely think it's in like the upper tier of her albums I think it is some of her best work definitely 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 as an album as a whole like there aren't really many skips um and it's just, uh, especially because it's the first one she owns, and I'm very proud of her. And it's like the start of a beautiful chapter in her life, and I'm very lucky to um, to witness it. That's how I feel. Boom. Any final thoughts, Chase? No, I'm, I'm outie. All right. Um, thanks to everyone who took their time to listen to this episode of Hyperfix on Lover by Taylor Swift. Um, please read us five stars <laughs> on apple podcasts like, like subscribe on any on any, all any, anywhere you get your podcast apple podcast spotify stitcher anywhere else podcast addict the podcast addict does stupid android users might use anywhere you might get your podcasts and um hopefully we'll be back soon with an episode on something else disc golf no absolutely not probably game of thrones all right guys <laughs> thing that's what we originally planned okay, okay. <laughs> um but we obviously had to do an emergency lover one thanks so much for listening and uh we'll see you guys soon bye Peace.